0: FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.
1: This is Deb Harrison of PicklePongDeb.com, and here's the host of the
2: Pickleball Show, Chris Allen.
0: Thank you, Deb, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. My name is Chris Allen. I am your host and... We're fortunate enough to be joined today by the author of Smart Pickleball, The Pickleball Guru's Guide, the one and only Mr. Prem Carno. Now, Prem was a world-class table tennis player when he lived in Europe, and upon coming to the United States, he discovered pickleball. Now, for years, he's competed at national-level tournaments, and he teaches sold-out clinics around the country. You can find out more at thepickleballguru.com or pickleballhelp.com either one of those will take you to him but we're very glad that today he came to us Brain, welcome to the pickleball show
1: hi chris thank you for having me on your show Uh, i really appreciate that
0: now before we get into some pickleball here we have to uh we have to stop for just a second and congratulate you because you had some exciting family news uh recently Uh, would you tell the listeners what it is please
1: Absolutely. Um, My little son, uh, my son, my second child, um, was born on March 3rd at 8.35 p.m. here in California. Um, He was uh, a little two and a half weeks early than we anticipated him, but he was a very big boy. He was about 8.3 pounds and it's been fun. It's been a few days now. So obviously I'm working to get some more sleep uh uh, (laughs) good luck with that yes mother and baby doing fine mom and baby are doing absolutely fine um my mother-in-law is also in town and uh, has been helping out a lot so it's been it's it's been a great support and uh transitioning into very well
0: congratulations and uh a new a new pickleball uh, champion comes into the world huh
1: thank you chris i I hope i hope uh one way the other whatever they this they want to do. We'll
0: be fine. Well, I have to tell you that uh, that uh, another thing that you brought into the world is the Smart Pickleball. That book is uh, one of my favorites, and it's uh, really, really loaded with a lot of good advice in there. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is right in the beginning when it says, "Smart Pickleball is about taking control of the game and constructing each point." so that you're not mindlessly reacting to every shot. And I thought that is really, really good advice because I can't tell you how many thousands of points I feel like I'm just mindlessly reacting to. So I try to keep that in mind when I'm playing now.
1: Wow, I I appreciate hearing that. And I think it's uh, a lot also I've seen during my clinics where I teach uh, around the country, uh, where I see uh, a lot of folks uh, who have been able to Put a little bit of thought behind their game to figure out what really works for them, and um, and I've been very very conscious about not trying to teach a, a pickleball which is like one size fit all type, but really knowing that each one have unique gifts, and uh, they can, and my my intention is to see that whatever your gifts are, play with those gifts, and the basic idea is to get the the, the foundation of the of the game. Uh, accurate enough so that you can use that and play with the skills you have rather than trying to copy someone's skill uh, and and try to imitate that. I'm not a big fan of that.
0: What are some of the common uh, themes that you seem to run into no matter where in the world you go? Are there some?
1: One of the common themes I see is people uh, really enjoying the game and intending to have some fun. But as they start getting wanting to get better, somehow they lose the fun part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I try to actually emphasize that fun is the most important part of the game, and then the others will all follow through. And uh, to keep really uh, that spirit of uh, joyfulness they have in their game in, intact so that it continues to be a much more fun experience for for everyone playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing I notice oftentimes and uh, and the common theme in, in the negative side, I would say, is oftentimes I see players uh, going and just blasting the ball, thinking that's the um, uh, the way to play. And um, and so you know, slowly I I'm trying to at least make them understand that a smart pick ball is the best w- way to go. I'm not saying that one has to play completely soft or completely hard, but find a middle ground of understanding when to hit hard, and when to play soft, and how to manage that in their personal games. So that's one, I, one of the beauties I've seen across the country. Yes, as you said, I do travel a lot, uh, extensively across the country, and uh, yes, and soon uh, the world. Um, I'm starting off my European tour uh, in September, and a few others uh, will follow through for France and uh, India in the years to come.
0: What do you think that your ping pong background brings to your pickleball coaching that maybe somebody with exclusively a tennis background might not have? Is there something uh, maybe in regards to the soft game or something else?
1: Most of the part of this, uh, the ping pong game, which actually came uh, into in play uh, in, in pickleball, I think is mostly the reflex, because the fast reflexes you could have close to the kitchen line when you're playing very close to the net mm-hmm. is when the reflexes become much important. And um, tennis background people will adapt very quickly, but generally because of the racket speed is little different than a ping pong rac- battle speed, mm-hmm. uh, it's easier to adapt uh, faster to, to the ping pong speed because ping pongs come faster than that. So somehow people who have that skill set, it makes it easier to attack when you're close to the net.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but having said that, you know, tennis players uh, have been extremely good also coming into it uh, once they make the adjustment um, to to playing the game. And I don't, independent of all the racket sports out there, you know, there's a lot of table tennis, um, tennis, as well as badminton into the pickleball game. But I think pickleball it's itself, it's it's a unique brand of game which incorporates all those little skill sets. But I think it's very unique. Pickleball skill sets you need to have for this
0: game Well it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier where it draws it draws from from other things but then it becomes its own thing as a result of that it becomes sort of a, a synergy of all of those sports and uh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely now do you uh, with your with your table tennis background do you have more say wrist action do you put more English on the ball than somebody coming from maybe just uh, from a, a different racket sport background
1: um, believe me, when I started this game, you know, when I said when I got my, uh, my hat, well, as you said, hat handed um, to I got you? my hat handed over, over to me. Uh-huh. Um, basically, I used to spin the ball a lot uh, when I started this game, and I thought that was the best thing to do. And everyone around me kept saying, the top player said, you'd be a better player, to, you can take that off. But I was stubborn and adamant, and I wanted to continue that for a little bit till I realized that um, I was missing on something compared to some of these top players I was playing against. And mm-hmm. then I realized that I was, uh, by spinning the ball, I was actually losing time, uh, oh. considering the fact, the, the fact that the pickleball generally spins a lot less than, than a table tennis ball.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that actually changed the whole dynamic of uh, one of the most important factors, I say in the book, as well as in most of my clinics, is very important in the game is to keep your paddle up. And uh, I realized spinning is actually taking the paddle away from my body, not where I want the action to be. So I tended to bring less spin into my game, and I h- hardly spin the ball these days. Only probably when I'm in the back of the court, I might do that. But generally, when I'm at the front of the court, I have stopped spinning the ball personally in my game. And something I also recommend most uh, most players to, to look at more and work the game more, as long as they're in the deep side, when i mean in the baseline, mm-hmm. if they want to spin the ball, I think it's the best option. But when they're close to the net, I generally recommend them to be more, it's more straightforward.
0: We're talking with Prem Karno, author of Smart Pickleball, available at Amazon.com in both a paperback and a Kindle version. I love the Kindle version because I have it with me all the time, and I can uh, reference different uh, sections of the book. One thing that I, that I uh, did highlight is uh, when you talk about when is it, uh, when should you worry about covering the line and when should w- you worry more about covering the middle? And you mm-hmm. said, cover the line when the ball is being hit by the opponent directly opposite you, but cover the mm-hmm. middle when the ball is being hit by the opponent directly opposite your partner. And, uh, yeah. that's a, another one of those little light bulb moments in the book where you explained it perfectly. So good advice.
1: Glad you enjoyed that, Chris. Yes. Uh, it's actually, uh, it's also used in tennis, uh, they call it the two-third, one-third rule. The concept is basically you as a team who are defending a ball have to try and cover two-thirds of the angles from where the ball is being hit. And so in that case, you cover the two-third in the sense like one the person who's directly opposite to you is going to hit the ball, you cover the line, the person in the middle covers the, the middle forcing the opponent to hit one across on the other side, which is probably the low percentage shot. So you've covered the two-third, and you basically give the one-third to your opponent if they want to hit a winner there. That's the concept. That's the idea of it.
0: When you travel, what, uh, what are the biggest pet peeves that you hear from people? Are there things that come up all the time in your clinics and your classes, things that uh, people wish that uh, were, were a little bit different?
1: One of the things I often hear people, and especially from uh, most of the female players, or also some uh, lower, end or lower end players, is like, we really struggle with people who hit the ball so hard at, at us, and we don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things they often say, teach me how to get away from someone who's hitting hard, and how can I counter, counter someone who's hitting so hard at me?
0: What kind of advice do you give them?
1: I often advise them to say, take the Zen attitude in that case. Um, but most, most importantly, is I said generally when people have people are hitting at them hard, we tend to have two reactions generally. One is we tend to crisp, we tighten up our muscles, and sort of tighten up everything. And so when someone's trying to hit at you, um, either you try to counter punch it. You know, mm-hmm. you try to hit it hard again. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the other option I often see people doing is they just turn their back because <laughs> they don't want to be hit. Yeah. yeah, And oftentimes I actually demonstrate that in the clinics is um, when and I actually have someone say, you know, go at me, go as hard as you can. And so I get someone who really hits hard and I say, OK, you stand in front of me at the kitchen line, you're going to blast at me. And I see what I'm going to do. And I see people, and I have people watching me, and I say, "This say, see what I'm doing. And they keep watching and say, "You," and then they wonder. And every time they hit it hard, the ball just comes back so slow, back at the, at the player. And this guy is exerting so much of energy trying to blast the ball at me, and I keep blocking it. And the, I can ask the people, did you see me backing up? No. Did you see me flinching? No. Did you see me doing anything else? And, and I'm just softening that ball. How did I do that? And um, I teach this one in the clinics, and the key to it is to softening up the grip. Mm -hmm. The basically idea is instead of flinching or instead of tightening your grip, you actually loosen your grip on your paddle, and it allows the ball to come actually. So when the person is hitting hard, you're basically taking the pace of the ball by just softening the grip and letting the ball come to you. Mm -hmm. Um, The best analogy I would give is uh, if people have played baseball, or softball, and someone when when someone's throwing the ball at you, you remember what the catchers do.
0: Well, they relax a little bit, don't they?
1: Well, they relax a little bit, but they they don't go towards the ball to hold the ball, but they let allow the ball come to the to their mitt.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: they always bring the ball towards them. It's the same way. So the paddle is actually away from their body, but they bring that ball towards them. So they're not really hitting it but they're bringing the ball towards them with the grip, uh, loosen the grip, and mm-hmm. it actually slows the ball down. So that's one of the strategies I often teach in the classes, uh, but it's also so visually impactful for them when they actually see it happen when I'm teaching them, mm-hmm. and then so that then they can practice. So then I actually have people blasting at them and see how they soften their grip. And, you know, amazingly, I've heard over and over in my clinics how that one tip even just, completely blew their mind off and how that has impacted their games.
0: That's great. Now, I remember when I first started playing, uh, I always, I wanted, when I, you had that time when, say, there's a high ball and you know somebody's going to just haul off and really hit it hard. I instinctively wanted to back up just to buy myself more time to be able to to field that ball, um, and it took me a while and a lot of good advice from from uh, good partners to, to tell me, you know, just just stand your ground, stay there, just plant your feet and and stay right there. And it sounds yes. like yeah, that 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 uh, is similar advice that you're giving in your clinics.
1: Yes, uh, the idea is basically to keep them as you know uh, as close to the kitchen line and i often say that the team which dominates that kitchen line the non-volley zone line d- wins mm-hmm. anytime you're backing away from that line then you're in trouble having said that you know in certain s- certain situations when you know that someone is going to really is unwinding and going to really you have really put a high ball there and they're coming at you Maybe take two steps back, but not completely go all the way out. Yeah, you know, to the baseline. Just take two steps back to enough, give you enough time to sort of organize yourself so that you soften it up and get back to that kitchen line.
0: Buy yourself maybe an extra quarter of a second or something, and and just Absolutely. be able. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that was my problem. I was I kept wanting to just backpedal all the way back, and they would just hit at my feet at that. You know, by then, and then you know, points
1: over. Absolutely. Generally, I tell them to take the two steps back and sort of stay back. When you, because as you said, like if you keep running back and if they hit at their feet, you're still running back, so yeah. <laughs> you're not in a position to defend it. Oh, I know. There's multiple Whereas,
0: things wrong with it. You're 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 going backwards, so you're not in a ready position. You're not, you know, you didn't split step or anything, and 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 also you're just giving them more room to hit the ball right down at your feet. So yeah, it's absolutely. it's fraught with uh with with errors there. So I was lucky that I had people uh, wise enough uh, to advise me otherwise.
1: Glad, glad that was. Uh, you had partners to tell you that, and hopefully you know, one day we might meet in person and you'll show me some more tricks you have up your sleeve. Oh
0: boy, there's no rabbit in my hat, I don't think. I don't, <laughs> I'm pretty much an open book. I don't have any, any tricks at this point. One thing that I can't uh, seem to shake is wanting to have a serve that gives me some sort of an advantage. What's your philosophy on uh, the serve in general?
1: The philosophy behind uh, the serve is like, as you said, to get it in Mm -hmm. uh, is the most important one. But generally what I suggest people to do is to serve as deep as you can and as a floater as deep and as the floater as you can. Because there is some mechanics involved in this one. I teach that in the class where it's clearly uh, people can actually see it. And it's been very impactful in a lot of beginner series classes where I teach is that ball goes so high and deep uh, with no pace in it that your opponent is actually generating all the pace to return it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because um, unlike in tennis, as you said, uh, Chris, if you hit a hard serve, even if you hit a deep, um, your opponent, uh, try experimenting this when you go back next time to try and do that, you will see every time you hit a hard serve, your opponent is actually coming in.
0: Mm-hmm. I can can picture that now in my head. Yeah, they do.
1: The person is, because you've given them the speed, the pace to play with. So the person is basically shot hopping it or returning it as they move in. They don't have to do anything, but then just keep hitting it.
0: They can just stick their paddle out pretty much because all the energy is already in the ball. So if they stick their paddle out, it's going to be enough to, to hit it back over the net. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I often talk, I mean, I talk about that in, in the clinics, but also in my book, you would see that the server I often tell them is to hit a serve deep and loopy. And it's so high that it is about 10 to 12 feet high over the kitchen line, the, op- the opposite your opponent's kitchen line. So mm-hmm. it's about 10 to 12. Feet. The apex of that ball is about 10 to 12 feet high on that line. So what, you know what I mean by apex? Oh at that yeah. Point.
0: The highest point that the ball makes in its arc. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And from that point, it starts dipping in into about two to three feet from the baseline. So, and interestingly, and you have played tennis, Chris, so you would know this much better. You know, it's like Rafa Nadal trying to hit one of those top spins <laughs> yeah. uh, on the backhand. You know, where, it hit, where, it, where it'll go, especially on clay court, you're probably at, you know, 10 feet away from the baseline trying to return that ball.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, interestingly, that pickleball when it dips that deep that way, it tends to bounce higher than actually it does normally. Hmm. And then it pushes your opponent about two to three feet back from the baseline.
0: So even even further back. Mm-hmm.
1: Even further back. Plus, the ball does not have any pace because it's such a loop, loopy ball that it just lands and bounces so high the person is actually jammed. And they have to go back to try and hit that ball, and by the time they hit that ball, they realize that ball has no pace, which means they have to generate all the the pace to return it, So, Mm -hmm. which actually then gives the advantage for the serving team, knowing that sometimes probably the person who's returning that ball would actually return a short return, which allows the serving team to come in.
0: Boy, I know what I'm going to be practicing tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah. It's a fun exercise and uh, I actually talk about that a lot in the book also on how to do it and use it as a, you know, use props to, to you know, practice how you can hit that sort of deep.
0: That's one of the great things about having all of this great advice in a book form is that you can go back and read things that maybe you 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 skimmed over the first time or a light bulb didn't go off. But if you reread it as a different player now a few months later, uh, you, things mean different things to you. We're talking with Prem Carno, the author of Smart Pickleball, The Pickleball Guru's Guide, which is available in Kindle and in paperback on Amazon.com and uh, in paperback. Paperback and better bookstores everywhere. And if people want to get in touch with you or attend one of your clinics, Prem, is uh, pickleballhelp.com the best place to uh, to find all that
1: you're up to? Yes, or uh, the pickleballguru.com will also be fine. Um, either one of those will take you to my website, which gives you all the information on of all the clinics wherever it'll be in the in the country. And actually, I think between August and September, for two months, I'll be on the East Coast. Not far from you, I think, Chris.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, I'll definitely check your calendar. I'll go to pickleballhelp.com and see if you're going to be near me. And if so, I look forward to meeting you and I look forward to learning a lot more from you, Prem. Thank you again for your time today. And once again, congratulations on the birth of your son.
1: Thank you very much, Chris. And I uh, appreciate uh, all the work you're doing on your side too.
0: Tournament Update with Greg Thompson up next. you're back to the Pickleball Show and your host Chris Allen looks like more tournaments out there than you can shake a pickleball paddle at. And here with a tournament update, Greg Thompson from PickleballTournaments.com. Hey, Greg. Hey, Chris. Glad to be back.
3: Who are we starting off with today and what part of the country are they in? Up in the northwest with the Timber Hill 4th Annual Spring Fling. And this is going to take place in Corvallis, Oregon at the Timber Hill Athletic Club and being put on by Shane Denning as the tournament director. The dates are April 24th to the 26th. The deadline to register for this is April 10th. Uh, again, it's up in Oregon. Shane Denning's putting it on. It should be a really good, fun tournament. Uh, registration's filling up fast, so if you're interested in going up to that part of the country and playing a little pickleball, I'd say jump on this tournament as soon as you can.
0: All right. Don't delay if you want to play.
3: I like that. Yeah, I'm going to kill that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you better copyright it quick. <laughs> 25 cents every time you say it. Right, right. Don't delay if you want to play. <laughs> um, we are moving up into the northeast as the weather turns around there and it starts to be beautiful. Switch so us right into spring with the Green Valley Gherkins third annual tournament. Uh, should be a really fun tournament, April 24th to the 26th, being put on by Betty Alcorn. Again, it's up in Pennsylvania, so these guys will be thawing out and getting out for the spring uh, pickleball tournament, and they should have a good time out there. The registration date line for that is April 20th. And the city is Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Again, it's the Green Valley Gherkins third annual pickleball tournament. Should be a blast. You guys should go out to check that one out. Playing some PB and PA. (laughs) I like it. And being ran by PT, pickleball tournaments, baby. All right. (laughs) We're going to shoot back down the map here, Chris, and we're going to end up at the 2015 Mesquite Senior Games being held in beat Nevada, that's right, in the Southwest. Another fun tournament in Nevada. Nevada tends to bring in players from you know the three states, California, Arizona, and Utah. They all go to these Nevada tournaments, so there's great competition. And uh, Nevada is a great place. You're right there by Las Vegas, so you have all the good times. This tournament starts April 27th and runs through the 29th. The registration dateline for that is April 6th. So again, you want to jump on that tournament, get out there, and uh, go go to the 2015 Mesquite Senior Games.
0: Thanks, Greg. We'll check in with you next week. That's Greg Thompson from PickleballTournaments.com. My thanks once again, also to Brame Carno. Be sure and pick up his book if you haven't already. It's must reading. Smart Pickleball, the Pickleball Guru's Guide. You can find Prame at thepickleballguru.com or Pickleballhelp.com. Either way. You can find us at pickleballshow.com. Also give us a call one 855 pb Show. Anytime you like, we want to hear from you. It's toll-free. And it's open 24-7. Every call in March is entered to win the free portable net system from PickleballPaddlesPlus.com. Head over to iTunes also when you get a chance. Hit that subscribe button. That way you're guaranteed to never miss an episode. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.